It's then again at the Northeast Georgia History Center, and we're going to take you back in time all the way to the 1980s. Because I've got my buddy Preston here again, and I have picked the subject of retro, which is slightly confusing to not only us, but hopefully to you as listeners, which is why I've brought one of the main experts here. Tell us, what is retro, Preston? What does it all mean? Well, I think it means something different to every person. Because if you ask my daughter, who's 16, what retro is, it's five years ago. (laughs) Um, And it makes me feel very old. (sighs) But no, retro is just, I don't know that there's a good definition, but I would think most people would consider it anything older than 20 years that has a nostalgic element to it. Older from 20 years from their point in the time-space continuum, right? Yes. So it's floating forever. Yes, and I don't know that we could get into the semantics of retro versus vintage. Sure. But, or nostalgia in general, but... They're all similarly along this topic. It's a a fondness or appreciation for something long gone. But you've said the N-word already. You already said nostalgia. So it seems that retro and nostalgia tend to go together based on one's individual perspective. The point we're at in our culture now, retro seems to hang around those late 70s, 80s, and the early 90s. Is that because that's the age of the consumers with the most money? Most definitely. So I am just over 40 years old, and I remember growing up watching runs of happy days and then in my childhood primetime television we had the wonder years a show about the 60s and it just seems that as the consumer ages so does what they consume so happy days was nostalgic for the 50s and for those of you who don't know it, it aired in the 70s folks. that's right yes and then in the 80s you had shows that were nostalgic towards the 60s um and then in the 90s you had that 70s show nostalgic for the 70s so it really just is a shifting timeline based on the consumer and we're seeing a lot more of it now than i think we have in the past why it's the information age my friend it's the age of the internet it's the connectivity we share It's people recognizing that something they love, it's not just them that loves it. There's a whole community of people who love that same thing or who remember that same thing and can't wait to get uh, even more of it. When a lot of people think of retro, they think of like flashy stuff from the 80s, right? From, From glamour bands and these outrageous outfits and things but and I think you'll appreciate this more too and part of retro looking back and this is the, where the nostalgia comes in there's a fondness for the mundanity yes right of I, I can listen to old rock music from the 80s and that's great but if someone on Facebook posts up an old ad from a 1982 teen bop magazine boom mm-hmm. that hits me more than the other stuff you're right uh, and just one point of clarification I would classify retro the term as as a classification of a thing, and nostalgia is more of a sentiment, how you feel. Sure. But to your point, I totally identify with that. So I frequent uh, a website called Reddit. They have a subreddit dedicated to nostalgia, to 80s, to 90s, or just general nostalgia. And, you know, people post in there a lot different things like, hey, remember this? And it'll be like like starter jackets from <laughs> 1990s. Do you remember everybody wearing those? Yes. Right? So that's, that's great. And people are like, oh, man, I remember that. That's so cool. And there could be people that collect those things. I know there's like vintage sneaker fans and stuff like that. But the stuff that really drives the nostalgia, someone who appreciates the nostalgia of the past, those experiences are the mundanities. So one that I shared that got a lot of reposts was, um, and this harkens back to my previous episode of, of the days in the arcade and playing pinball, but um, is the collective memories that we've forgotten. When you remember, remember when you went to the arcade and you placed a quarter on the ledge of the machine to indicate that you would have next play? Yes. <laughs> 
I posted that because I went to one of these arcade bars uh, in downtown Atlanta. Two young hipsters were playing Street Fighter. And I was like, oh, I want to play that. So I got my quarter out, put it on the ledge, and the confused looks from these gentlemen <laughs> trying to play and then look back at me like, what is going on? And after a minute or two, I think he you know, made it through the first round. They grabbed my quarter and turned back and said, did you want your quarter back? And I'm like, no, that's that's there to indicate that I got next. And it's this, it's a loss of that collective memory and then remembering that and going, oh, I totally had forgotten that. That was a great thing that we experienced together. Right, and I'll see, that's a great example. That is a perfect example. And you do one of the things that I think as you continue to expand it, it's going to reach a lot of people because it's audio visual. Mm -hmm. Tell them of your odd fascination with gathering in VHS of recorded (laughs) television shows. All right. I will try not to be too long-winded here as well, but I have a love and appreciation for dead media, like a lot of people who are retro enthusiasts do, you know, cassette tapes, those type of things. Um, but one of mine is VHS tapes. Yes, it is an inferior format, but... That's not the point. For That's not the point. For my <laughs> intense purposes. It's retro. That's right. I was of the video generation, checking out movies and so forth. And it's funny because now they're kind of mainstream among collectors of retro things for VHS tapes. But the stuff that's really hard to find, the ephemera that we had forgotten about, a lot of that has gotten tossed away because they weren't captured or recorded. So me personally, what I love is I love a recorded from TV VHS tape because not only does it have the shows that you remember, but it has those commercials and interstitials. Oh, the commercials. And things that you'd completely forgotten, especially during this past year and a half uh, during the pandemic when not only me, but so many other people were using nostalgia as kind of a coping mechanism. Um, I found myself drawn to those recordings where I could watch those tapes and dig for, I would go on what I call a VHS treasure hunt to see what kind of goodies I could find in these recorded from TV uh, VHS tapes that would unlock this memory or this feeling that I hadn't remembered in years. And it's just kind of soothing and comforting and wistful. And it it connects me to the past in ways that it's it can't verbalize, but it's really, really cool. And so, yeah, I will go on these VHS treasure hunts. I actively look for people to donate videos to me so that I can capture and record some of these things that were lost to time. And while Preston is uh, remarkable in that, he is not unique. I mean, you're there are groups out there that do this sort of thing a lot. That's right. Um, actually, if you're really interested in this kind of thing, there is the Internet Archive, and they actually have archived and cataloged a whole bunch of recorded from TV um, VHS tapes. So you can watch hours and hours of MTV from back in the day. You can watch hours and hours of Nickelodeon. But even so, there are some things that haven't been captured. And so like when you find something that hasn't been saved and shared before, it's a true triumph and win. In my collection, I have a recording of 1990s Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Awards. You know, (laughs) just stuff like that. You don't see that every day. Yeah, a McDonald's commercial from from 89, right? <laughs> right. Things, things, things were very, very different. Yeah. So there being a group of collectors, a group of folks who are so interested in retro, that means that there is a market out there and a marketability for the concept of retro that people want to, cons- well, one could say reconsume it, right? Right. They want to reconsume it. Uh, what kind of 
what kind of product is out there that people can participate in? How do they connect with one another outside of social media? So I have a few examples for you. Um, first, if you just walk the aisles of your Target, you're going to see, especially the toy aisle of Target, you're going to see retro nostalgia on play for market consumability. They have almost perfect replicas of the Masters of the Universe line out right now. They have almost perfect examples of Transformers, of G.I. Joe figures. Star Wars has gone back to the old Kenner style of figures. Yep. Um, and, you know, I honestly think they're marketing more towards people our age than they are, to the, they to, are. The, to the kids who... Uh, who would have played with those back in the day. Um, but then you've got communities online who are, you know, consumers in their own regard of this type of stuff. So me, I am editor-in-chief of a magazine called Retrofied, and it's basically just a, a nostalgia-driven pop culture love fest for things from the 80s and 90s. And so, and then the magazine itself, being a printed magazine, is, is nostalgic in and of itself, because you don't really see that for new magazines these days, mostly online. Um, so there's those types of things, but then I think we all consume it, whether we pay for it or not, and then get to enjoy it. You think of mov movies and TV shows like Stranger Things on Netflix. Oh, yes. There's just so much more of that these days and the single than the single TV show of Happy Days or the single TV show of, of Wonder Years it's everywhere well and even Stranger Things when they were you know, which seems weird that Netflix is going to release it on you know on DVD or something the DVD was packaged in a box <laughs> that looked like a VHS box that's right, right? that's how they sold the that's DVD right. uh, and really too the Southern Fried Gaming Expo which you founded and run mm -hmm. when you say that a, a good chunk of the attractive attractiveness of that is retro you're able yeah. to in effect walk into an arcade. That's right. So not only the retro aspect of the fact being that a lot of these machines are of the era, they're, you know, the from the 80s or the 70s, but the fact that something that we lost along the way in our collective experiences is able to be retrieved. And by that, I'm talking about a community aspect. The arcades kind of represented something that we don't have anymore because we have home console systems that we play by ourselves or, yes, connected over LAN networks or something. But you can't lay a quarter on those. You can't lay a quarter on those <laughs> and just the vibe of being in the shared space touching a machine being physical with a pinball machine it's it's plugging into those memories that you thought were gone but here you get to experience them again right and you know like you say everyone does that even in my in my basement where i have my single lonely arcade game and my single lonely pinball game i will turn the radio on to 80s i will turn the pinball game on i will turn the arcade on and i get just a touch mm -hmm. of that cacophony mm -hmm. that arcade used to be. You're not supposed to hear the game you're playing. You're supposed to hear everything. Right. And, you know, so much of it isn't just, hey, I remember this. It's plugging in and feeling that experience of what it was like back then. Um, I'm a fan of synthwave music, and I discovered this by listening to a song um, by a group called FM84, and it was just synthesizer music. I'd never heard the song before. It wasn't like it unlocked a memory for me of something I'd heard previously, but totally did. Um, the Japanese have a phrase called mano no aware, which is, I'm coming from Wikipedia here just so I get this correct. Sure. The pathos of things, but it's also translated as, as an empathy toward things or a sensitivity to ephemera. Now, it's like a wistfulness of a longing and also a deeper sadness for things that have passed. And plugging into those experiences, hearing those songs, hearing those sounds, it just opens up something inside of you that you thought was locked away forever. It's great. And that's the thing. There's sounds. There, It's not just, folks, obviously we love history here, and I love history, and I have over 2,000 history books that I read, but at a certain point, unless 
unless you become a reenactor or something, when you're trying to engage with the past, it's the printed word. When you're engaging with with retro things, mm-hmm. there is it, it can it can take all the senses, right? It can engage and even assault all of your senses at right. once, and that brings the nostalgia back. Back that brings that sense of you are then there now here, mm-hmm. right? And and that's that's part of the reason I love it. That's right. Is that it's it's this multi-sensory effect. That's right. Yeah, and there's so many ways you can plug into it. There are not only things you can buy to surround yourself in your office with memories. There are communities you can join. There are podcasts you can listen to. There's music you can listen to. It's basically your your, your flavor of choice. But just know that what you're thinking of, there's somebody out there thinking the same thing. This is all super cool and fun, but. One of the pitfalls of retro seems to be that it can tie into the Mandela effect all too easily. Elaborate on that. The Mandela effect is you swear you remember something being a particular way or a particular activity. And then when you go back and look at the reality of it, it wasn't that way at all. Oh, exactly. Um, I, I, I saw a, a meme. I wish this was. I wish this podcast had a visual element just for this. But uh, I saw a meme where... <laughs> It says, hey, remember the 80s? And it has this p- still picture of like a supposedly 80s decorated room with like all these neon and bright colors and, you know, checkerboard patterns. And it almost looked like the 80s cafe in Back to the Future 2, like uh, a fond remembrance of, of the 80s. And then, so that panel said, do you remember the 80s? And the other one says, no, I remember the 80s. And it was orange shag carpeting, wood paneled walls, and like a picture askew. <laughs> With oh yeah, with an old crappy couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the perception of what was is all is is oftentimes different than perception than the reality of what was. And so those of us who experienced it crave the true essence of what we missed, but also are subjected to sometimes maybe embellishing things a little bit and making things a little bit more flowery than they were. Right. Yeah. And that's that's always the great trap. Yeah. isn't it is is uh finding the difference between objectivity and subjectivity and let's face it sometimes subjectivity is just more fun man deep thoughts by glenn kyle that's right <laughs> well that's we've gone as deep as we need to today i think we'll see if we can't <laughs> dig our way out uh and and figure out how to end this podcast on a high note so preston do you want to sing a high note uh, <laughs> i i don't have the vocal pow- power of steve perry so i'm gonna pass on that okay but thank you for the you're opportunity. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Folks, we hope you have enjoyed this episode of Then Again. Continue tuning in to what we have here. You can go back and look at all of our old podcasts on our website. And stay tuned with the History Center. We've got lots of great programs coming up. Thanks again, Preston. Thanks, Glenn. Then Again is a production of the Cottrell Digital Studio at the Northeast Georgia History Center. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really helps other people discover the show. There are a few great ways to support the History Center. Make a donation online by clicking the Donate button on our website at www.negahc.org. Become a digital member to receive exclusive invites to members-only live streams every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And you can register on our membership page at www.negahc.org. We also have an online gift shop with lots of great items for all ages, Use promo code THENAGAIN for 15% off your online order. Valid on anything except memberships and handmade items. We'll see you next week for another episode of Then Again. Thanks, y'all.